Welcome to the 2009 Affiliate Convention in Denver. This morning's keynote presentation is being streamed live on WebmasterRadio.fm. Live streaming of this keynote worldwide on WebmasterRadio.fm is sponsored by ClickBooth, the exclusive CPA network, and by ExclusivePromos.com, the largest international affiliate you have never heard of. Powered by SafetyPay, the most powerful international payment company you don't know about. Go to www.safetypay.com to find out more. We welcome your interaction and ask you to send your questions and commentary by following at AFF Convention on Twitter. Please use the hashtag AFCON, A-F-F-C-O-N, to allow others to follow your dialogue. Christopher Jones is the president and CEO of Pepper Jam, an Inc. 500 company and industry-leading search, affiliate, and media management company. He is well-known throughout the search engine and affiliate marketing community as a true pioneer and leading voice on trends and strategies for effective online marketing. Now here to introduce this morning's keynote presentation at Affiliate Convention 2009. Please welcome the founder of Shoe Money Media Group, Jeremy Shoemaker. Thanks, everybody. Um, first of all, awesome job, Darren, everyone putting this together. I'm so impressed. Your first event, you know, having 1,000 people come, I think, is, is really, really awesome. So your keynote speaker today, Chris Jones, is a good friend of mine. Um, I originally met him about four years ago in Toronto. And he kind of really opened me up to the world of pay-per-click marketing. And he's just so passionate about it and everything. And he's just a fantastic speaker. So this, this event is also like very interactive. So I have a lot of questions that people submitted to me through my blog. And then also, you can tweet live um, the pound AFCON, A-F-F-C-O-N. So if you want to say, you know, Darren Babin looks better in person, you know, or Shoe Money looks fat or whatever you want to say. So throw it out there. Well, you guys need to wake up. There is nobody in this room who's had less sleep than me, except for maybe that crazy man over there. So without further ado, Chris Jones. Thank you. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Scale from 1 to 10. Energy, sir. Eight. Scale from 1 to 10, ma'am. Scale from 1 to 10. I need to find someone around a six or a seven. Six or a seven, raise your hand. This is good energy. I don't even know. All right. Here's how I'd like to start. Um, first, Darren, uh, Brandy, Jim, Honesty, and others who helped coordinate this event. I'm really honored to be here. Um, this being the inaugural event, um, really I'm humbled by the opportunity to be here this morning and to share my story and then to do something which I think is sort of groundbreaking, earth-shattering, which is to have an interactive um, portion of the keynote moderated by Shoe Money where you guys could leverage Twitter and people around the world could leverage Twitter um, to interact with us here and, and ultimately direct where the keynote goes. So for those of you that are low energy, I'd like to start by having us do an exercise that we do at Pepper Jam. And we've done it over the years, and you'll hear more about Pepper Jam. Um, but I'll go into work sometimes, and we have a very non-traditional work environment. I have my English bulldog who runs around the office. My best friend of 20 years is my chief operating officer. My wife works at the company. My brother-in-law works at the company. Um, but if I go in and there's low energy, I'll say to everyone, stand up. So, stand up. And I will say to them, Guys, follow me. And at this point, they know what I'm about to do. And some of them are like, ah, oh, shit. Other ones are like, yeah. So start, start by going like this. Oh, come on, come on. Oh. One more time, because not everybody did it. Ready? Oh. Just about, you could sit down. Just about uh, anybody in the room who's not at a 10. All right. Um, 
I do that, and I typically will do that when I speak to young people, young professionals, because I think that when you go like this and you bust through your hand, it's sort of a metaphor for the opportunities that exist before us. Um, but you have to be in the right state. You have to be willing to break through a wall. You have to be willing to take that next step in order to really truly define yourself and to make yourself sort of stand out. And nobody knows that better than shoe money. But um, let me tell you a little bit about my, my story, I guess. So I'm a young guy. I'm 33 years old. Started out as an affiliate marketer back in the uh, late 1990s. Uh, I co-founded a gourmet food company. Many of you are probably wondering, what the heck? How did he ever think of the name Pepper Jam? Well, my grandmother made a gourmet food a spread dip and glaze for the family when we were kids. It's a multi-purpose spread dip and glaze. My brother called me in the late 90s and said, Chris, what do you think about bottling up grandma's product? Now, she called it Mississippi Mud. I thought it, uh, you know, mud is the kind of thing that you, I guess you allow your kids to play with, but you say to them, God forbid, don't eat it, right? So I figured we needed to change the name. So we went online and um, did a search, put in the ingredients, and we found that there was a product called Pepper Jelly. Long story, we didn't want to be something that already existed, so we selected the name Pepper Jam. It was through that experience that what I now own and what I now am CEO of was created. My role in the gourmet food company in 1998, 1999 was to build a brand that didn't exist, to push forward an online marketing strategy that ultimately would put this product out into the mainstream. I will tell you that one of my secrets was a belief that the internet was going to change the world. And in 1998, 1999, I guess I was a, a bit of a forward thinker in that respect. Um, it was before the dot-com crash. But so I was able to put together uh, an effective marketing strategy for my company. The way I did that was I completely immersed myself in the online world. Stumbled into a small little company at the time called GoTo.com. It's a company owned by Ideal Labs. Many of you may not know it, but they were the first pay-per-click engine uh, ever. Um, of course, GoTo was later purchased by Overture, which was purchased by Yahoo. My guess is I was one of the first couple hundred advertisers on there. But it was really through that experience that I realized that pay-per-click marketing and other channels that were existent back then, and affiliate marketing did exist. But as channels emerged, I wanted to build a business, aside from the gourmet food business, that leveraged those online channels and helped people, um, businesses in particular, uh, make more money. I became an affiliate, really, by accident. Started to generate a lot of traffic to my uh, original website, the gourmet food website. And the idea was, well, you know, you sell a couple jars of pepper jam a day, you don't make too much money. But we have all this traffic coming through, and at that point we were getting traffic through pay-per-click, through search engine optimization, and through some other strategies. So I devised a number of strategies to monetize web traffic. And ultimately that's where the beginning story of my career as an internet marketing professional begins. From 1999 through 2002, uh, so I'm told, I became one of the largest uh, super affiliates at that time. Um, I was generating considerable income. Um, I was a graduate student at Villanova from 98 through 2000, and then I went to law school, Albany Law School, from 2000 through 2003. Through those years, um, I was generating anywhere from you know, 100000 to a half a million dollars a month in profit being an affiliate marketer. It was, it was an incredible time. Um, it was something that ultimately came because I saw all these opportunities emerging online, and there was nothing that made more sense to me in terms of monetizing web traffic than leveraging the affiliate marketing channel. So for those couple of years, I did that. Graduated from law school, moved back home, I had generated a couple million dollars in income at that point, uh, liquid money. I took all of it, gang, 100% of it. 
and said, there's a bigger opportunity for me than just being an affiliate. By a show of hands, how many of you in here are interested in making a quick $100,000 or a million dollars? How many of you in here would like to build a company like I did that is worth $100 million? Which would you prefer? Either way, I thought that there was a bigger opportunity to build something that had extraordinary value. Um, being an affiliate marketer is, an ex is, is, there's probably not a better career to make a quick lot of money. Um, but that same career, because being an affiliate is a career, um, that same career could open the door to many, many different opportunities that you guys may not even be thinking about right now. Um, and ultimately, that's what I did. So, uh, you know, in building Pepper Jam, uh, you know, many of you have probably read this story. You know, we went from 2003 to, through 2008. Um, we had built one of the largest and most successful and fastest-growing full-service internet marketing companies in the world. Um, we went from one employee, myself, in 2003 to at our peak, about 125 to 150 employees. Um, and it's been an incredible ride. Um, and I believe that every affiliate marketer in this room could duplicate what I did. Jeremy is a, a close friend of mine. Jeremy was in my wedding party. Um, in fact, Jeremy and I met at a time when it was really, we were both sort of infants in this industry, at least publicly. Not too many people knew who Jeremy Shoemaker were. And now, as you guys know, millions of people know who he is. Not too many people knew who I was, and now probably a couple thousand people know who I am. Um, but it, what Jeremy's done and what I've done could be duplicated. But it's more through the attitudes that Jeremy and I have, setting our expectations beyond what normal people set their expectations around. Believing that, candidly, that in some respects, our ideas are bigger than life. And for us individually, they have to be that. Because that's what gets him, and that, that's what gets I, and that's what gets many of you up in the morning. So I want to get into the interactive portion of this. Um, you know, Pepper Jam has been an incredible journey for me. You know, I've, uh, if you look at my education, you would say, what, how did this guy end up you know, being a CEO of an internet marketing company? Well, I'm a big believer that opportunities come into our life all the time the degree to which you succeed or fail will be determined by your willingness to see that opportunity and to seize it. I also believe that in addition to being able to recognize opportunity when it comes, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. Your ideas, your vision, your belief that your ideas are big, and put yourself in that situation so that you could have a story, and many of you do, and many of you have stories much bigger than Jeremy and mine, but so that you could one day stand up here and deliver a keynote at an inaugural affiliate convention. Because it's an amazing ride. I've had an amazing, amazing, amazing ride that I wouldn't change for anything. So with that said, um, I'd like to go right into the interactive portion of today's event. So Jeremy is the MC. We also have um, a roving... Microphone going around the room for anyone who has questions, just uh, kind of raise your hand and they'll get to you. Um, Chris, one of the big issues going on right now that is really, it was asked a couple times and has actually come to light is, is do you think affiliates could ever work together and, and form a union and, and does there need to be a union to lobby Congress and all these issues? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big, big believer in this, this issue. Um, I didn't go into the real specifics about my company, but we launched an affiliate network in um, 2008, in January 2008. Um, you know, so now I have a perspective on issues such as uh, the Amazon tax or internet taxation, um, issues such as um, quality control, um, internet fraud, and some, some other things. So, you know, it, uh, so yes, to answer your question, I think that it's important that we have a voice might be kind of a controversial opinion, but it won't be the first time I ever express one. Um, I believe that that should be a common voice. I don't necessarily believe that we need multiple organizations doing the same thing. Now, I don't question the intent 
of multiple organizations, but I believe that one common voice is much more powerful than many different voices. If you think about it, if you had a limited supply of money, and Jeremy blogs about this issue all the time, how would you spend that money? You would spend it as effectively as possible to get the greatest return that you can. I believe the same is true when we talk about having a, uh, uh, an organization represent the affiliate industry and be able to lobby and to argue um, and defend and to advocate issues that affect us as affiliate marketers, as affiliate networks, as um, advertisers. So um, ultimately, that's how I feel. Um, it's a tough thing because, you know, right now in our industry, uh, we have several different groups that have emerged. Um, uh, all of them are trying, to, and they're doing a good job, but they're all trying to search for that, that stronger voice. So my recommendation, I've been in the industry for 10 years, I would love to see us come together and have a common voice. And do you, I mean, do you think that this industry, because it is such a lone wolf kind of affiliate marketing, it's somewhat cutthroat. I mean, do you yeah. think that people can ever come together? I mean, and, and actually form union and lobby? Because, I mean, these, these, all these laws keep coming through and just they just go right through because people don't unite because it's not, they're like, it's not me yet. My, my instinct is to say no, to be honest with you. But in reality, if we want to defend critical, important issues, such as the Amazon tax. Um, there is, there is a, a company out of California right now uh, who's filing a bunch of lawsuits saying that they invented affiliate marketing. Uh, that invention took place in 2004. I was in this industry in the late 1990s, and uh, it already existed. So, but that's, you know, we're alone, you know, as affiliate networks, and, you know, it's, it's, so we're alone. So I'm optimistic, but um, all I could do is have a platform like this to say, and I know that the coordinators of those other organizations are in this room or at this conference. I would love to see the leaders of those organizations sit down and talk about how they could partner uh, even more so than they have up to this point. You know, and that, that kind of leads us into the tax issue, which is, you know, a huge issue in the industry. And I think as we see these companies, uh, or sorry, these states have zero budget, like California and whatnot, do you think that they will look to online marketing to, you know, create a revenue stream in the form of taxation? Uh, yeah, that's what they're doing. You know, um, you know California is moving in that direction. New York already has, I believe, a company in the North Maine or something uh, just recently put this in their budget. For those of you that don't understand, don't know. I may have a law degree, but I'm not going to try to speak to you as, a, as an attorney because I'm not qualified as an attorney to actually advise on this issue, I don't believe. But so there's how many of you in this room are familiar with what's being termed the Amazon tax? I only saw half the hands up. I'll assume about three quarters of you probably have heard about it. Ultimately, um, what, what has happened is some states have moved forward. Uh, individual states, in the interest of trying to generate tax revenue, especially during the difficult, difficult times that uh, many states are experiencing. And they're saying to e-commerce companies, companies who do business in their state, um, you have a nexus. We could tax you by virtue of you having an affiliate program where affiliates are promoting um, your products in our state, even if you don't reside in our state. So let's just use the example, uh, let's just say shoemoney.com forward slash shop. You start selling products. Well, shoe money's from Nebraska, right? But ultimately, you know, uh, Nebraska or another state could pass a tax saying, shoe money, you have to um, charge everyone who purchases from the state of New York a tax because you have affiliate marketers promoting your shoemoney.com forward slash shop through your affiliate program. Um, uh, you have to pay taxes. So ultimately, that's the, the very general uh, issue that's going on. There's a lot more specifics to it. What's happened, as, as many of you know, is very large merchants have responded by telling affiliates within those states, New York among others, you're no longer welcome in our affiliate program. In effect, some of the, some of the affiliates in these particular states, their companies have been shut down. I mean, it is a very, very, very serious issue in the affiliate marketing industry. Um, so at the time when this first started, 
we didn't even have a voice. So while I'm critical of having multiple voices, thank God to those of you that led the effort to create um, uh, advocacy groups that now are in place to, uh, to address some of these issues. Hopefully it's not too late. Um, but this is an issue for those of you that are merchants as well. Um, not only if you're affiliate marketers, um, especially if you're in some very low margin businesses like electronics or other areas um, where your margins are so slim, right? And you need to be competitive. The internet allows you to be competitive, allows you to cut, it, cut out a lot of the overhead that the offline brick and mortar world doesn't. Well, isn't that unfortunate that now you're being put in a position as a merchant um, to have to, in addition uh, to your slim margins, charge sales tax, which puts you in a much more difficult position to be competitive nationally. So this is, this is a very, very big issue. Um, uh, I'm deeply concerned about it. Um, uh, and you know, I'm hoping that those voices that exist that represent our industry now um, you know, uh, could continue to, to build uh, a, a strong opposition to this, uh, to this legislation. So those of you, you're from around the country, probably some of you are from around the world, um, those of you that are from the U.S., you really need to look in and actually pull the legislation or pull um, any of the bills that may have uh, been, been, you know, uh, uh, sponsored within your state house or state senate. Look at them, you know, contact your, your respected elected officials. Uh, if you are in a powerful position as an executive or, uh, and, and have a following, uh, utilize that power to advocate against uh, the Amazon tax. So, yeah, there's, a, there's one called the Performance Marketing Alliance. Mm -hmm. I've been somewhat critical of them. They have some commercial roots. Um, well, not roots, but alliances. And it's, it's pretty expensive. And I think that's also why um, companies haven't... I mean, the, the first... I've had uh, Chris um, with Pepper Jam, Affiliate.com, Zoogle Ads, like every market leverage, every major company has come to me and said, like, hey... How much do you need to get this thing going? Because we need a lobby, you know, to lobby in Congress and stuff like that. So, and they haven't really gotten behind them. So I, I, that makes me a little suspicious. But there's, I, mean, there's, I, I believe there's two main: the Performance Marketing Alliance, which actually Pepper Jam Network is a member of, um, and I believe the second one. Please, somebody correct me. I believe is Affiliate Voice. Um, both organizations, it's my understanding, are represented and are speaking at this event. Um, so you know, look in your agendas. Um, go to the uh, presentations, and this issue is being addressed, I believe, much more specifically at this conference as well. So go to those uh, uh, sessions, learn more about how you can become members, and, and if you're, again, if you're in a corporate position, you should think about making a donation to help us uh, you know, fight against this, uh, this very, very troubling issue. So one thing I think I'd like to move into, which was a, is always a hot topic, especially now, is disclosure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things going through FTC now with guidelines and whatnot that if, if you write something and you put an affiliate link or somehow that you need to be very specific, your relationship on how you're getting paid and what you're getting paid and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, wh what's your thoughts on that? I recently had Seth Godin on my radio show, and he, and he thought it was excellent because he said otherwise it's a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I'm somewhere, and I was completely against it. I, I always think, you know, we need some self-responsibility here. But, I mean, what's your take on it? So you were against Disclosure. Absolutely. I think you should always use your head, right? If it's a product you want to buy, then buy it, you know? But if it's not, don't. But, I mean, to, I mean, take away self response I mean, I, I, you've read the yep. disclosure on my blog. It says, don't trust some idiot blogger. Like, use your head. I'm, I'm just a regular guy just like you. You know, here's my opinion of this product. And I'm probably getting paid. Um, if there's an affiliate program, if I'm talking about something, I don't look for an affiliate program and then blog, but if I blog about something and there's an affiliate program, I'm, uh, that's yeah. what I do for a living. So. so as a consumer, I would prefer disclosure. As a blogger or as a business owner who may have um, provided either a performance incentive or a payment to that blogger or to that person to promote me, um, I probably wouldn't want it disclosed. Um, I think it comes down to, you know, First off, I'm a supporter of things like uh, pay per post and review me. These are, these are paid blogging networks, and the reason that I'm a, I'm a big supporter of them um, 
is because I'm a student and I absolutely love word of mouth and buzz and viral marketing. And there is never, for those of you that haven't leveraged the blogosphere yet, there has never been a more powerful medium to get people to talk about your shit. There just isn't. There isn't a more powerful medium. So um, if you are, if you have an interesting product or if you have an interesting story, um, sometimes it makes sense to leverage a shoe money or to leverage um, a blogger who is willing to um, talk about your shit. Um, the important thing, I think, is not so much disclosure, but um, the fact that the blogger maintains the right to either um, talk positively or po talk negatively about their experience with your product or your service. So I think that's a factor that sometimes is, is kind of you know, overlooked. I, just, I, I think if, if you, know, you have to be willing to take a risk as a business owner to put your product out there in, on the internet and into the social networking medium to get people to talk about it. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll give you an opportunity to get constructive feedback about what's great and what isn't so great about your product, and you could use that to improve it. And in terms of leveraging bloggers to get, uh, get it out there, I think it's okay. But, you know, as a consumer, I probably would want to know, but I'm not like a huge outspoken, you know, hey, if, if you're getting either a performance incentive or you're getting, getting paid, you better disclose that. I mean, come on. You know, well, question, I, it comes down to the integrity of the blogger. You know, you know I, I've, I've taken a pretty strong stance against, I mean, I think disclosure, we've, it's, it's a, I just think it's a losing argument because um, I, I, I would bet money, I could put up um, some sort of, I agree to these terms of service and disclosure or whatever that says, <laughs> I agree to the terms of service and blah, 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 and I could say something that says, check here if I'm a complete moron. And everyone is just so used to just checking off. I mean, nobody ever reads disclosure policies, privacy policies. Yeah, really. And, and so it's like, is that helping? I mean, it's just we are completely numb to it. And the more you require disclosure and everything, I mean, I've said, like, I'm just going to disclose on the bottom of my blog, like, hey, assume I'm benefiting in some way, which I am, about anything I write, whether it's my, for my own benefit or if I'm trying to get the attention of a company or if it's just something on my mind that I want to, for my own egotistical reasons or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, we're always benefiting from everything. So then, it's like, where does it stop? So yep. I just think it's a, it's a bad, I mean, I don't know, it's a bad deal. Yep. So, um, but that was also part of the question was the FTC. I mean, how bad do you think the government is going to intervene, and especially with affiliate marketing and the linking? And I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be bad. But let me say that I think it's going to be bad for a certain part of the affiliate marketing industry um, uh, which tends to be in a pretty kind of controversial space anyway. Um, and I'm referring to, with no opinion of, but I'm referring to that questionable space as, you know, diet drugs and, uh, you know, lose weight quick. And, um, uh, and I know the ringtone market has been regulated because of their continuity um, issues. Um, but, hey, listen, you go to CNN.com, Fox News, um, all of these websites that a lot of their advertisements are being filled by contextual networks and networks that, um, as affiliate marketers, we have access to. Again, I'm not passing judgment one way or the other, um, but um, I do believe that the issue of creating a blog um, with a fake person um, or someone that doesn't exist and um, you know, uh, suggesting to the consumer um, that you know, uh, that this story is true and this drug, too, will change your life. I do believe the FTC will step in, and I do believe that um, it's just a matter of time. So uh, if, you're, if you're an affiliate and involved in that, again, I'm not passing judgment. There is a ton of money to be made there. Um, but make sure you have a backup plan and make sure you, you protect yourself and are aware that, you know, this area is it's being regulated, and, you know, you don't want to be the one that's, that's made to be an example. You know, um, for 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 the industry. You know, I think it's an interesting thing. I was contacted by Fox Business Network. They wanted to profile me and do all this, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wow, that's freaking sweet!" Mm -hmm. You know, my head's just exploding. And so, and then we got through it, and we talked to them, and they get me all hyped up, and then it's twenty five thousand dollars. And I was like, you know, I mean, and I said, "You guys do this all the time?" And they're like, 
oh yeah, you know, yeah. and I was like, well, there's no disclosure ever, yeah. you know, you just always see these business owners and stuff, I mean, and they said, oh, there is at the end of the show, you know, it's just really fast and stuff, yeah. so I think the, you know, I, I've made a lot of money in the ringtone space over the years, um, that's been kind of my bread and butter, but, you know, the disclosure that you see on television where it's like text blah, blah, blah to vote for whoever or whatever, and it's like $2 a thing or you know, to get this ringtone every time something plays on MTV or VH1, you know, to, there's not nearly the, the, the disclosure that is required for me on the Internet, you know. And so it's, I don't know, you know, I think the pendulum is just going to swing back and forth. So I'd like to talk about, um, which was a, another one, was the social media. We're seeing now with my company, uh, the conversions through Twitter are just through the roof. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like there's a massive dislocation right now, um, in, in using the Twitter ad networks, there's uh, I think like RevTweet and a couple other ones where you can buy clicks for as low as you know five cents, nine yeah. cents a click, and you can just arbitrage that into 80, 90 cents, you know, with other networks. And I think it's just a it's a massive dislocation. And do you think that's because the trust is there with Twitter that was once there with the blogs, and now maybe people are second guessing? But it's just another more intimate form of communication. Yeah, I do. I, first off, I believe that uh, Twitter has changed the world. And I believe that it's the most powerful social network ever created because of how real time it is. Um, I'm a huge fan of Facebook as well. So um, I believe that that equally is something that both personally and professionally, both Twitter and Facebook are far and away two of the most powerful mediums to build your network and to get people to talk about your shit. There's just, there's just, there's, there are very few things that uh, provide uh, an avenue for you to build your brand, your personal brand, if you want to, or just build your network. There's not a more powerful medium to build the brand of your company or to build the network associated with your company. And if you're a business, these social networks give you an unprecedented ability to service um, your, 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 uh, your customers. Um, but to get to your, to your question, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's new, it's fresh. Um, I just wrote a post on my blog not too long ago how it does seem as if Twitter um, is, is it's getting pretty spammy. Um, um, a lot of people are just opening up an accounts and, and creating or joining automatic post um, applications that will just post. So we believe that the, the tweet was actually from someone in real time, so we engaged them, but it was nothing more than a machine that scraped content. It's all, it's all good, but that'll, that'll happen and that'll weed itself out and Twitter will, will continue to be a powerful medium. But for us at Pepper Jam, um, in 2009, there has not been um, a newer medium where we've generated more buzz about our business, um, more leads. Um, I've sold, I didn't even mention, I have, by the way, I have three books sitting on a desk over there. I authored a book last year, but I've used, I used, Twitter to just talk about the book. Hey, gang, you know, it's to my followers. You know, it's still number one on Amazon or whatever. So, um, you know, you could leverage Twitter to build your brand, to build buzz, and to get people to buy your stuff um, by being real and by, you know, using some real basic marketing tactics to get people interested about your, your product or service or website. So, who, who all here uses Twitter? Everyone? Excellent. That's unbelievable. Because I'm, I'm telling you, like, and I was talking about some, like, uh, there's a company called Isaiah who's a paper post and that, and they have CPC deals. So you just get a, and they have specific Twitter CPC deals. So if you're talking about, they have one thing that's like a Disney ride, and I think it pays 68 cents per click from Twitter. So if you say, hey, this ride looks cool, Link, and you just have to put pound spawn. I did one the other day because Ted asked me to test it, and it was 85 bucks. I mean, just from people that clicked on it. You know, and I mean. That's awesome. It's, it's. It's, I mean, I wouldn't do that. And, and I've actually been paid pretty well from companies that are just like, hey, we'll give you $300 a tweet. You can't do more than four a day or blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't completely, because you'll lose followers, you know, obviously, if you go crazy. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, it, they see a huge return. You know, I mean, companies, as Chris alluded to earlier, um, you know, have an unlimited budget for anything that gives them a positive return. And right now, Twitter, I mean, people cannot spend, I was just talking with Ted the other day, who owns IZ, and he said, I cannot spend a frac 10% of these companies' budgets on Twitter. So, but I think that that 
that dislocation is going to soon swing the other way. And then it's going to be like AdWords where everyone is, you just can't get in because Best Buy and everyone's just, and eBay are owning everything. But right now, you guys can go and pay nine, ten cents on Twitter and arbitrage that and go to like a 60 cent click. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just simple math. Like it used to be when we were first in the business and it was just about capital. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's, I don't know, and you've got to jump on it if you're not. So. First, I've got a question. All right. Um, There was a post that went up on Shoe's blog Mm -hmm. um, that really intrigued me. And I'm I'm more of an organic search guy, Mm -hmm. and you guys uh, obviously do search. Mm -hmm. Where is the balance between um, recommendations from the Jakob Nielsens of the world and usability and with what we know we ought to be doing for making a site crawlable, spiderable, how do you approach that for not only the Pepper Jam website, but for your clients as well? I saw that. I was, if, if the person's in the room that, that posted that, um, kudos, because it's a great question. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's not an easy one. It depends on, first, uh, you know, um, uh, search engines index web pages. They don't index websites. So um, when you're building out your search engine optimization, or for that matter, if you're trying to improve your conversions through pay-per-click marketing, um, you have to look at each individual page of your site. Um, so the usability, uh, um, uh, it ultimately comes down, and, and I actually ran into a gentleman on the plane ride here who works at a company called On Dialogue, uh, who partnered with uh, a friend of mine, Tim Ash, who owns Site Tuners to work with businesses on increasing conversions. Think about this for a second, right? You could have the prettiest website in the world, right, um, that gets um, 100,000 unique visitors a month. But if you have a conversion rate at .0001, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something ineffective. So I don't know if it's so much about usability as it is about conversion. So. Um, Mr. Nielsen, um, who I've seen speak in person, is a guy, he's a wizard on how to tweak just the smallest thing to improve usability. Um, and he does also focus on conversion. But what I would say is that as business owners and as affiliate marketers, we, we take this for granted way, way too much. We take for granted that because we know how to write an effective ad on Google AdWords, or because we rank number five organically for a keyword that generates a lot of traffic, that we could stop and just start cashing the checks. The problem there is that there's another step, or there's many steps that you could take once you've controlled that traffic, once you're able to maintain the the quality and the targeted nature of that traffic by improving the structure of your website, the layout of the site, um, and you have to test it. Um, So one of the gentlemen who posted that also criticized Pepper Jam Network, sort of tongue-in-cheek. He said, you guys have a website that's black um, with white text. That's like number one on Mr. Nielsen's do not do, or just don't do that. But I would respond by saying since January of 2008, there's not one affiliate network in the world who signed up more affiliates and who's launched more advertisers. We launched more advertisers than Commission Junction, LinkShare, and Google Affiliate Network combined. In 2008. So it's about conversion, right? Um, while I, you know, and we wrestle with this subject of should we give an additional option to someone who that might hurt their eyesight or who has sight problems or something like that. And it's something we talk about, trust me, we take it very seriously. But I think even a better thing for us would be if affiliates stop signing up to our network or if. Um, the uh, uh, feedback that we were getting about the usability of our site, because we get extraordinarily high marks for usability, were coming in negative. So it's an individual thing to address the gentleman who took a, a stab at Pepper Jam Network. But for you guys as affiliate marketers, don't think you're done just because you could write a kick-ass ad on ad, uh, Google AdWords. Don't think you're done just because you have a ton of traffic coming into your site. Don't just cash the check and think that you're done. Study uh, usability, in particular study landing page optimization, um, 
Tim Ash has a book um, that was published by the same publisher of my book, Wiley Publishing. Tim's book is called Landing Page Optimization. It's gotten a lot of press. I think it's available on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Um, I highly recommend everyone in this room write that down and buy that book because um, it's very important. And, and for those of you who just want to do like um, some what they call multivariate split level testing, which sounds very complicated, but Google actually has a product called Website Optimizer, which will rotate and then choose a winner. And it's it's really it's fascinating just by changing the color You've of used a button. This, right? you, oh, and we use it for everything in affiliate marketing. So yeah, in affiliate marketing, totally. So we and then you you had a, and the actual question with SEO and stuff. My I love to raz SEOs. I mean, I think most people know that, but um, they're a fun crowd. <laughs> To, to mess with, but so, but the the thing that frustrates me most about SEOs is, or not even SEOs, but people who are all into so rankings. Like I throw Dr. David Klein under the bus. DK is um, the perfect think guy, awesome guy, good friend of mine. He's he knows I throw him under the bus, and he, he's okay with it. But he he a couple years ago he stood up and said I want to rank for San, San Diego Chiropractic and. And Matt Cutts totally threw him under the bus. There was nothing about San Diego Chiropractic in anywhere on his site. So, of course, he didn't rank. He didn't understand. Well, then, because he made a kind of a... And then Matt kind of was like, well, I didn't mean to be a jerk. And then linked to him, and everyone else linked to him. And now he ranks number one. And the site looks like crap. And I said, you know, like, you've got to... Like, there's no call to action. There's no form to even get a hold of you. How many leads are you getting from that? And he's like, well, we never got one. And I'm like, right. And I'm like, so what are you doing? Like, great, you rank for, yay, you know, you rank for San Diego Chiropractic, but it's not doing anything for you. So why don't, I'll help you. We'll build a landing page for conversion to get people into your office. And he's like, well, what if I lose my ranking? And I'm like, does it really matter? I mean, does exactly. it ever matter? So that thing that frustrates me uh, to it's a, per no it's a perfect end. example of, of, of how we get sort of, how we stop before the, um, where the true taking it to the next level, that 1%, is actually achieved. Um, and the 1% is you know, getting ranked high, perfecting your pay-per-click strategy as an affiliate marketer, figuring out um, how you could leverage traffic from all the major social networks. But once the traffic comes in, what's going to differentiate your income from someone who's doing the same thing is your ability to actually convert that traffic once it comes into the site. No. And every, I mean, your stats don't lie. I mean, you just, you just have to look at your stats. And like Chris said, if, if for a minute he saw that people were declining to come in, you can bet he would test, uh -huh. maybe we should ditch the black, you know? Um, so that's, another, that's it. You let your conversion and whatever it is that you're after dictate where you go. Be careful, don't knee-jerk, allow the conversion. It gets a little bit kind of... Um, you know, multivariate and split testing and A-B testing and all this fun stuff, it gets a little bit intimidating. Um, but there are tools out there that are available that are inexpensive that allow you to really kind of push this and, and test it. And uh, again, the, the, do you have any examples of like where you were making 10K a month on something and you tripled it? Um, we, we've done some, I mean, just amazing stuff with just, just with buttons. I mean, like with, you know, like you never want to have a link for like an affiliate link, you always want to have a button that's a call to action button. And there's a reason why Amazon has gone with that standard orange button. I mean, they yeah. tested many buttons years ago. And, but it doesn't mean that that will work for you. It worked for us. I mean, just implementing that orange button versus yellow, like we did like 80 different colors of buttons. But um, I mean, it's, it's fascinating like how those will convert better. Yeah. And I don't know like that I saw that big of an increase, but um, it's just fascinating. I love reading about conversions, and, and there's all these utilities that track mouse movements. I mean, if you're not using a tool like Crazy Egg to find out where people are clicking on your website, that's a big mistake because you'll be stunned just to see, like, it actually shows you a heat map of where people are actually clicking. So you, people could be trying to click on this picture to go to the thing, and they don't really realize that the link will actually take them there. So then you want to make that whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just came out with a new thing called Shumani X, like this train thing. But I basically made the entire thing, every image on there, you know, pop up a window and say, hey, partner, hold on, fill out the form, right? So, I mean, it was just, in, and it really helped with conversions a lot because people would, they click on things. You can't throw too many things that people would get caught up in the shiny thing. So, um, one of the next things, which is a pretty hot topic as well, um, I wanted to, to ask you about is the negative option billing programs. So, you've got, you mentioned earlier, you know, like Cyberry, weight loss. 
uh, whether it's Google Money Tree or all these things, get rich quick overnight. And now you're starting to see some Twitter programs with kind of the same thing. And they all have the same model. If you haven't seen it, it's free with $3 shipping, and then they, they send you some product of some sort. And if you don't send that product back within like seven days usually, they start dinging you like 90 to 100 bucks a month. And it's very hard to cancel and, and all this stuff too. So um, when these companies approach you, like what do you decide which ones to go with? Because I know it's got to be a yeah. massive, you've got to be competitive and all your competitors yeah. are running them. But at the same time, where it's, do you kind of draw the line with some of those things? Um, it's a really, really tricky, as from a standpoint of an affiliate network, um, these are the offers that, again, are being posted all over CNN.com, FoxNews.com, and a lot of other really high-traffic news sites through, as I mentioned, um, various contextual networks that allow anyone to open up an account and post them. Um, we de you know, we've talked internally about some of the FTC concerns and some of the, um, uh, you know, I mean, we basically have a policy that if... Um, if the offer isn't available on another network um, and somebody has come to us, we'll do our own due diligence to make sure that we're not taking an offer that, has, that they're doing something illegal. So, you know, there are just some areas that our network just won't get involved in, um, any kind of hate, any kind of illegal activity. Um, but it's a difficult issue. These are things, the truth of these offers are they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Google but they kind of leave you holding the bag. I they mean, like, do, yeah. I mean, they're. Um, uh, I believe. That, let me let me say. For this. me, if I was yeah. to promote it on like shoemoney.com, they leave me holding the bag because all of a sudden all these yeah. people. I mean, I did a because we had um, a legal issue with Google Money for using my mm -hmm. likeness and a picture of me with an AdSense check, um, and we we uh, had a legal issue. But basically, like I mean, so I rank very high for Google Money Tree. I get a complaint a day to me. Saying like, how do I cancel this off my credit card? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just so, and these people have just, I mean, most of the time it's not that easy. It's this huge sob story of just like, you've been charging me for this long. And I write them back and I'm like, hey, yeah. it's not me. You know, I had, they were using my image. But. Yeah. Continuity programs have existed forever, right? Continuity programs exist for really reputable companies like Proactive Solution. That's the infomercial that you see. Uh, on television with Jessica Simpson, among others, promoting this acne medication. Um, a lot of the infomercials you see are continuity programs. Continuity program is, we'll give you a free trial, but we'll tap your credit card uh, every 30 days thereafter. One that I experience personally as a consumer, this is not me, the CEO of the network, but me as a consumer, was uh, a, a company that we've all heard of, the guy on the television jamming on the guitar, Creditreport.com, that one, right? Do you know free credit? Wait, let's see, freecreditreport.com. Okay, free credit. Um, they have been tagging my credit card for like twenty nine ninety nine for the last year and a half. Freecreditreport.com, right? So, I would say you know buyer beware, um, um, and uh, if you're an affiliate that are promoting um, these type of uh, 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 products, again, that's completely up to you. I'm not passing judgment. Um, because there are some people out there that are interested in, 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 in testing them. Um, but just be aware of what you're getting in. And so my, my advice, whenever I'm if an affiliate marketer who's, who really wants to build a career as an affiliate marketer, um, asks me what I think about these offers, here's my advice. Focus on building a long-term business. If you're, if you're here to get rich quick, it may happen, but then what? Right? You... If your whole business is built around things that are transient, here today, gone tomorrow, if your whole business is built around something that um, is potentially being investigated by the FTC, um, just keep in mind, my advice is to think more about how you could build a business of value. Um, getting rich quick um, is an exciting concept, especially if you don't have money. But there's a lot more, I mean, it's and especially in this economy, to be fair. But there, um, if there's anything that you could take away from me and my story, was that, um, you know, believe in yourself and focus on what could be, not what is right now. Because if you focus only on what is right now, you could find yourself left with nothing. Now, Chris, um, f coming from Twitter, uh, speaking to this, uh, 
T. Violet says, aren't we past the curve with the FTC regulation coming? Are the golden days over? I would say the golden days are numbered. Numbered. Golden days are numbered. And I would also say, and Shu, you know this because we've talked about this over the years, and he made a great point. So it started with things such as concepts like Google Money Tree and others, and now the Twitter brand is being used, make money through Twitter. And when some other social network gets hot, it'll be make money through them. So um, it's a trail that it, it, my guess would be um, is very difficult to be regulated um, because it constantly reinvents itself. I would say the days are numbered because it's my guess that people are still making money with this, but you know, realize that there's, there's a decent amount of risk involved in that. Gotcha. And, got, got a, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, you know, I mean, and these companies are doing like, 10,000 leads a day, I mean, like, through some of these things. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And like Chris said, it goes so fast in this industry. By the time I remember um, the FTC actually held a press conference on the Asai Berry stuff, and they were going to start cracking down. Well, they always, I mean, people have been making a fortune in this forever, and it's already the new thing. You know, now it's the Res V stuff. Well, they'll probably have a press conference about that in six months. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, it is. It's very fast. And, it's, and remember the Obama yeah. grants and... Obama didn't like that people were <laughs> using his likeness to yeah. Do oh the yeah, the continuity. Obama yeah, sort of refis and all that stuff. And we got another uh, question from Twitter here, Chris. Um, M. Lance says, discussing conversion versus usability, which is more important to focus on, in your opinion? In my opinion, um, it is more important to focus on conversion. Um, it's it's just how you know I've talked about, and I don't have enough time to to share everything with you right now, but one. One of the reasons that I've got invited to speak back at certain conferences on the affiliate marketing issue, especially uh, um, Elite Retreat, which is a conference that Jeremy coordinates that I've spoken at several times, is because here's my belief. I believe that it's as simple as this as an affiliate marketer to make a ton of money. Number one, you have to find something that works, period. Number two, you have to replicate it, period. In other words, you have to make sure that what works could be replicated and that the same profit that you're able to generate once you find something that works could be replicated. And then the third step is scale it, period. So my whole you know, thought process as an affiliate marketer um, has always been how can you take the traffic that is coming into your site? Because in most cases, as affiliate marketers, you're paying for it. How could you take that traffic and ultimately convert it at a much higher rate? Um, that's my response at an affiliate marketing conference. If I'm talking to a room full of e-commerce folks at Internet Retail or Retail, I would say that usability and building a stickiness and building um, um, uh, 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 encouraging your, your users to come back even if they don't purchase the first time is important. But in the affiliate marketing space, as an affiliate marketer, the game is a little bit different. In most cases, you're not necessarily building value. You're, you're ultimately the in-between or you're arbitraging based on your marketing strategies, um, individuals who are looking for specific products or services. So that's my long-winded answer. But I would say that um, uh, conversion um, is more important, especially to this room of affiliate marketers. Yeah. And, and I mean, and just... Just, you know, we're talking about this, and I know there's a lot of newer affiliates or, or affiliates in general looking to do that. There's a, the sharks are in the water to sell you programs that will teach you how to do this overnight, right? I mean, the, it's everywhere. And some of them are thousands of dollars. You know, some of them are just, you know, they just enroll you in this negative continuity crap. Um, you know, I would really, if you're going to sign up for any program out there, do your homework on, like, the brand behind it. Um, you know, like Jillian from SEO Moz is here. They have their pro tools. There's people standing by that support you. You know, it's easy to cancel if you know that it's not going to be a, a crazy thing. So I would just say, you know, like really, you will need some sort of tools down the line and some additional stuff. And, and, but just really, really do your homework before you invest. Absolutely. Continuity is not a bad word. It's just that as a consumer, you need to understand um, what you're getting yourself into when you, when you, purchase something on a free trial or, or something that, that is at least in the initial step perceived as free. Just keep in mind. Well, it depends on the type of, uh, 
affiliate strategy that you have, um, you, uh, you know, if you're an affiliate marketer, conversion is quite critical. Um, if you're a search arbitrage affiliate. Um, if you're someone who, who owns a coupon website, um, you know, branding is, 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 is much more important, right? Because you, you want to build a relationship with the consumer. You don't want to pass the consumer right on um, to your, your merchant partner and get a commission. You ultimately want to build a relationship with them. You might want to get them to sign up to your newsletter. You may want to, um, you know, have them bookmark your, your site. Um, you may have, you may want them to interact with your website. So it really depends. Um, you know, I, I'm, when I say conversion is most important, I'm, I'm primarily, it is, it, it is the most critical factor in my opinion. But I'm mainly talking to affiliates who are spending their own money to generate targeted traffic to their website. Their profit is going to be the difference between the amount of money they spent and the amount of income that they could generate through any offer that what? Converts. So that's why I'm a big um, advocate for developing strategies and, and maneuvering and manipulating your website such that you get higher conversions than your competition. And I mean, if you, like, like just in my case, like my blog is all about branding. You know, first and foremost, I can make more by, you know, getting the brand out there and getting more traffic and doing more affiliate things through that. Um, if I set up a site to make money through Blockbuster and I just registered the domain this morning, I'm not probably looking to, you know, do that because I'm, I'm just driving pay-per-click traffic. I don't, you know, SEO, by the time I build up a good SEO stuff, that offer could be long gone. So, um, you know, I think it just depends on the product. And if you've got a pepper jam um, selling pepper jellies, actually, that side of it, with iGourmet, obviously you're trying to brand yourself and convert. So, I mean, it it's all depends on what, on what you're really doing. Yeah, the advice I'm giving this morning is really targeted at the 90% of the folks here that are affiliate marketers. If you're, a, you know, the way that I approach my own company is that branding is critical. The integrity of the brand is absolutely essential. Um, I don't necessarily, and I'm not trying to sell you in particular, but I wouldn't be so interested in you leaving here today and buying my book and then purchasing one of the many services we have. I'd be more interested in you engaging in a conversation three days from now with someone who's looking for our type of services and saying, you know, there's this great guy, seems really honest, really straightforward, company called Pepper Jam, why don't you reach out to them? That's what I'm after. So that's, it's a little bit different when I'm trying to build my own company, but yeah. as an affiliate marketer, conversion. And a lot of people, you know, they've forgotten about the old bookmark this site, you know, and just simple stuff like that where people actually want to start at your site or want to come back through bookmarks. And I mean, those things still work great. You have to remember there's still a whole slew of people just getting on the internet for the first time. So, A, a question about um, a little bit to do with the branding part of it. I've spent many years branding myself. My question to you is the future of affiliate marketing. And do, from like one to five years, have you put any um, data together, anything that maybe we can check out about our future that we're not overloading the market? I have had a lot of people ask me that question about overloading the market, mm -hmm. having too many people out there doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And if so, what, can we, what would help us? So that we can... One thing, write down Blue Ocean. It's a book. If you, have you ever read the book Blue Oceans? It's a great book. It, the concept is that uh, uh, too often we try to compete within an industry that's super competitive and there's very small uh, uh, margin to be gained. Um, the Blue Ocean concept is how you could build business strategies that put you into a class of of opportunity in business where you're doing your own thing. Twitter, for instance, is a great example. You know, the concept behind Twitter is that, you know, you have 140 characters to post, ultimately to respond to the question, what are you doing? We all know that it's gone way beyond that. But um, nobody else was doing that. So, you know, Twitter could have said, you know, let's build a social network where we allow people to post uh, videos, post um, um, uh, pictures, you know, uh, post comments to a wall, and they didn't. They created um, their own blue ocean. They created their own um, opportunity. Um, if you, we could chat afterwards. I do. I have.
given um, presentations on the future of affiliate marketing. I'm a big believer, in, and, and I know we're going over here, but I'm a big believer in um, uh, leveraging social networks, uh, not only to build your brand, um, but to build your network, um, and ultimately to harness that traffic as an affiliate marketer um, to create new revenue streams. Um, I also believe that one thing I mentioned to Darren when I was invited to speak here was that, you know, Darren, I said, is Linda Woods, by the way, in this audience right now? Linda Woods is a friend of mine. She's the president and CEO of a company, an outsourced affiliate program management company called Partner Centric. Linda Woods said to, my, to me and my chief operating officer a couple years ago, she said, guys, she said, you know what's happening in this affiliate industry? The affiliates are becoming larger than the merchants that they promote. Affiliates are becoming larger than, you know, the, uh, than the merchants they promote, meaning that affiliates have ultimately created businesses much, much beyond, you know, the fundamental find something that works, replicate it, and scale it. Building full, full-fledged businesses, companies like You Promise and companies who have built an entire, you know, multi-hundred million dollar business around this idea of um, uh, uh, building communities and leveraging those communities like Shoe Money has with, what's your website, the uh, ringtone site? Next. Jeremy has a community site called NextPimp, which has, a, um, among other things, um, it um, uh, allows people who have Nextel phones to go and communicate and to build a community. And how many users do you have? There's about 600,000. He has about 600,000 users. I won't put you on the spot and ask him how much he makes every month. Most of you don't know it, but it's, it's not really, really as much as it used to. Be. Well, what he used to make from it is is mind-boggling. Um, but the point is, is that in terms of when we look at the future of affiliate marketing, you're going to hear more stories like Next Pimp, and you're going to hear more stories of people who are building businesses that become much, much larger um, by by not competing so intensely within the particular space, um, but by taking what they know and building something much larger than that. And, and I could, like I said, I could give you a couple of uh, more things. Excuse me? Next, NEXT, PIMP. Be very careful when you pick a domain name because you never know which one's going to take <laughs> off. It originally started about, like, pimp out your Nextel phone. I don't know. And, but now it actually works with, like, 13 different carriers. So, um, but, but I've, I've really lost interest in it over the last five years. It's kind of been my little annuity plan for the rest of my life. I don't know. It seems to work well. But, um, you know, I've moved on to and leveraged that into a lot of other things. But it's an amazing story. It's, so. it's another, another thing. Yeah. So we got time for one more. Okay. One more question. Yep. Anyone else? One more. Any, anybody else? One more question. There's one over here to the left. Hi, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Brian, AdRev Media. I'm not sure how to ask the question when it comes... You, you talk about conversion and the audience here, the affiliates. So realistically, what, from an affiliate standpoint, what conversion number do you target? And then, on, let's say, on the e-commerce side, I'm sure there's a different conversion. But also, in the same question, at what percentage do you target? are the losses you try to convert. So if the conversion is not 0 .001, uh, or it should it be at 2%, because I know it's going to be a little bit different for, for this group versus your, your e-tailer or your e-commerce world, but what about your conversions for your losses and how you're going to convert the other 97%? So what do you focus on on a conversion? What is good, I guess, from maybe, Chris, your side, yep. and... Yeah, I'll, I'll tackle it from the standpoint of, of e-commerce and merchant. Shu could, could grab it from the standpoint as an affiliate, because he's an active affiliate, I'm not. Um, from a merchant, in terms of lost traffic, you know, you hear things like shopping cart abandonment um, and another uh, form, it's, it's a form of behavioral targeting. Shopping cart abandonment and something else called retargeting. Ultimately, what these technologies do, um, they, in the case of retargeting, will retarget um, your visitor who didn't uh, perform a specified action, again, a conversion of some kind, either drop something in a shopping cart or submit a, a lead form. Um, now, again, this is from the merchant standpoint, so there are services out there that do that. 
Shopping cart abandonment um, is another form of behavioral advertising um, that you as an advertiser should be testing, um, that when someone drops clearly something in their shopping cart, um, that person is cookied, and then they're, de they're delivered um, an advertisement um, as they surf around the Internet. Um, we don't have enough time to go into all of the issues that behavioral targeting um, tends to, tends to uh, sort of instigate, but nonetheless, if you're focused on conversion and trying to hit on it too, it's really, I mean, it's, and this is going to be broad, but it's really the profitability has enormous amounts to do with it. So, I mean, in the ringtone space, I mean, we would, let's say if you just send somebody directly to a landing page, and this is, this is what I always ask people too, because they're like, I don't know if my conversion's good, look at my landing page, and I'm like, well, what's your conversion if you just send it direct to the merchant? And some don't let you do that, so you want to be careful, or just do a redirect and send it there. And so they're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, because you might be doing worse, right? Because that's actually what I like to call like the S&P, like, you know, investment people are always talking about beating the S&P, like that's their goal for your investment stuff. So, like, that's the S&P, that's the mark, and then you want to try to beat that. So things you can do, like, in the ringtone space is, number one, you can geotarget for all the countries for different offers. So if you're just sending all your traffic to one ringtone offer, you know, obviously, if you've got international traffic, you want to segment that out and then redirect them to one that can do that. Then also, if you're, you know, like, almost no ringtone offer supports every carrier. So by creating a jump page where people can select their carrier and then you send them to the offer that supports their carrier, you know, you can go from, like, let's say it's 10% just sending it blind to getting, like, you know, like a 5% increase, you know, by doing an international thing and then maybe even up to a 20% increase by just, you know, making a carrier jump page. And you can see little lifts with that. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a lot of... And then from there, you, you know, can tweak your design. But I'm talking just from a, a technical standpoint of just easy implement that I see people miss out on all the time. They're just like... Well, I'm sending all my traffic here. What do you think? And I'm like, well, what happens? Like, how much is international? I don't know. You know, how much is this? I don't know. Like, where's the... So, and, and also your affiliate companies, all of them, a lot of them, like, if you go with... Um, well, I mean, just a lot of them will see your traffic, too. And if you don't know, they can tell you, like, where the disconnect is as well. So, I mean, it's, it's really hard for me as an affiliate to answer that question specifically, you know, um, like, what, what conversion number we'd like to see. Because on one thing, you can convert at 1%. And your margins are so high, you know, that you're profiting way more than if you convert at, you know, even 90% on some crazy thing. So it just, it just depends on your profitability. There we have it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Jones from Pepper Jam, Jeremy Schumani, our very first keynote. We've got about a 15-minute break. Please go uh, visit the exhibitors. Uh, the video monitors out there as well oh, will also be showing the schedule. Um, go and learn and enjoy. Thank you.